Solution.org podcast coming away. This is episode 361, Q&A episode, question and answers that you guys have sent in. Steve Smee here and the Rick joining us from... What's up, Steve? (laughs) What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Yes. All right, guys. So let's get right into it. We have five really, really fun topics. Let me pull up the first one here. All right, so the first one we're going to talk about is a very cool one. Um, this guy sent it in. He's saying he felt great on cycle, and now he's fatigued when he came off cycle. So, you know, this is really interesting. One of the first things I tell guys on steroids, if you feel fantastic on cycle and you come off, there's a good chance you're going to have that boomerang effect, that dreaded boomerang effect, because you got so used to feeling great, it's just like when you go on a vacation, you ever been to like an all-exclusive resort, you go to an all-inclusive resort, you get free drinks, free food, free everything, right? And then you come home and you're like, shit, now I got to cook food again. You know, now I got to go grocery shopping again. You get so used to that lifestyle. Well, it's the same thing when you use steroids. So a lot of times we see this. If you feel really, really, really good, there's a good chance when you come off, you're going to have the opposite feeling. But there's also other factors. One of the common uh, mistakes that guys are making is they go into their PCT with high estrogen. Now, when you go into PCT with high estrogen, you're carrying a lot of water, a lot of water weight. So you're going to feel like crap. Just take a, a couple gallons of water, strap it to your back and walk around all day with, with those gallons of water on your back. You're going to feel fatigued. Now, the other opposite thing that could be happening is your estrogen is too low. So when you have little, too low estrogen, you can also feel fatigue and be in a bad mood. So a lot of times uh, guys might use too much Clomid, too much Novodex, and then they're using the aromatase inhibitor on top of it. And then they crash their estrogen so much that they lose their mood. They, they just get grumpy. They feel depressed. So they, they lose their fatigue that way. The danger of this um, is guys will be like, you know, what? I just want to jump back on cycle. I feel so much better on cycle. Let me just jump back in instead of correcting their mistakes. So one of the simplest things you can do is when you come off cycle, take it easy on these serum dosages. I mean, I'm seeing guys running 100, 200 milligrams of Clomid. I'm seeing guys run 40, 60 milligrams of Novodex. That's too much. Run a low dosage of the serums. And stack a good, strong testosterone booster like N2 Generate ES, extra strength, in your cycle, in your PCT. And then when you run that PCT, you're not going to feel like crap. You're not going to crash. You're not going to have that crappy feeling. You're not going to have that fatigue feeling. And also when you're on cycle, make sure your, your estrogen levels are balanced. Not too low, not too high. And then when you go into PCT, also make sure they're balanced. Not too high, too, not too low. And then you'll, you'll have a better chance of not feeling that way. And one more thing before I bring in Rick, heart, your heart health, heart health, heart health. When you're running a long cycle, your heart health deteriorates. The longer the cycle goes, uh, the worse your heart health will get, the thicker your blood gets, the harder it's gonna be on your heart. So if your heart is having a hard time pumping that blood because you're, 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 you've abused steroids for a long period of time, then obviously you're gonna feel like crap because your organs, your liver, could be strained. That's going to make you feel like crap. So you got to make sure, are you running your N2 guard on cycle? If you're not running N2 guard on cycle, your heart and your liver is going to suffer. So there's a lot of factors. You know, I'll bring in Rick. I, I ran in a little bit on this. Is there is there any advice you can give to the people in this situation? What do you think could be causing this? 
you know, a lot of times guys uh, are deficient in their own testosterone production to begin with. And then they add the steroids and they feel great. They feel awesome on the steroids. And then when they come off, uh, they PCT. Maybe they don't PCT properly. Uh, maybe it's just their natural testosterone production can only produce uh, lower than, than the normal amounts that most most of us, of us men produce naturally. And then you're, you go from being on the on these high levels of androgens, which that in itself can make you a little bit lethargic, but won't give you that exhaustion. It just make you a little bit lethargic. Like if you sit down and you uh, are reading something or on the computer, you might you might not off just by quick second, a little bit, a little bit lethargic. But when you come off of the steroids, if your own testosterone production is not up there, it's not bueno, it's not good. You're going to feel a drop. You're going to feel just more tired. You're going to feel more tired. You're going to feel less energy. You're going to feel a drop. You're not going to feel that great. So that's one thing to keep in mind is go from low testosterone levels to ultra high levels back down to fairly low natural production. And uh, that's enough. That's enough to give you that, that feeling. And of course, everything else, as Steve mentioned, which is very important, organ health, you might come off a cycle looking great, but internally your organs take a beating because of the steroids you used because of the herbals and the vitamins and the minerals that you didn't use because of many different uh, factors. And you might come off looking great on the outside, but not being as good on the inside. So that's another thing to consider there. What about adrenal fatigue? You can be having adrenal fatigue as well. That can be caused by a lot of factors. Could be too many stimulants you're using. You know, it could be your adrenal glands are not functioning correctly. So stresses could be causing it. Could be a lot of factors. My question to you is off cycle. Do you have good, good energy? Do you, have, do you have fatigue? And at the end of the day, too, we go back to the heart health issue. Did you gain a lot on your cycle? If you gain a lot on your cycle, obviously, your body's not going to like that. So it's completely normal to feel fatigue in that situation. Maybe you need to reexamine your cycles in the future. Maybe you should not try to gain so much weight on cycle. Maybe you need to kind of slow down a little bit. If you gain 10, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, 25 pounds on a cycle, that's not good. You know, that's not good for your body. So maybe you need to go back and re-examine, you know what, am I using an AI properly? Am I too using too much? You know, so you want to take it one step at a time. There's too much of a rush with, with guys. And uh, it doesn't it doesn't end well for a lot of people. So next uh, one I want to talk about, Rick, uh, back in your days, Back on our early forums, guys used to do this a lot, and guys aren't doing this as much, which is kickstarting a cycle with an oral. I can remember back in the day, a lot of guys used to push D-Bowl. They like say, oh, I got to run D-Bowl as your kickstart. Big, big, it was a big deal back in those days. Now, not so much. People aren't so much big into kickstarting a cycle. So what do you think about kickstarting cycles? Is that something that you've kind of seen uh, trend, people transition away from that, or you think people are still doing it? Oh, there's plenty of guys still kick kickstarting cycles. I think that the more and more uh, information gets out and the more and more people are, are conscious of, of what they're doing to their bodies long-term, less and less guys are willing to kickstart cycles. And they just, they take this the way it should be. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You don't have to treat every cycle like you need to gain 100 pounds on it. You can do short cycles, very safe cycles, low dosages, just to just to fast forward progress a few months. 
then you come off properly, PCT properly, use good supplements, good good um, compounds to come off of this stuff, normalize your body, clean out, make any damage, make sure your testosterone production gets going naturally. Make sure that you're able to keep and hold on to some of these gains natural. And then you can jump again on another cycle. And yeah, I think the mentality and, and hopefully uh, us doing this podcast now for so many years, uh, hopefully the mentality started to change, guys. And, and guys aren't just beating up their bodies trying to gain the maximum amount of weight they can't out of each cycle. But they're actually doing really modest, very, very small dosing and just focusing on that diet, focusing on that training, focusing on that hard, hard take every set to failure training and not so much the steroids. So, uh, you know, back in the day, back early forums day, everybody used to kickstart their cycle with some orals. I mean, I mean, like everybody. But then again, you had guys out there like, you know, like Alter, Satch Boogie, Ret Retabolil, Too Thick, Ranger. You know, these are all screen names from back in the day, Animal. And you had all these guys telling people that, hey, you, you got to do it. You got to kickstart with a cycle. And, you know, as a young man, I'm sure at some point I might have parrot some of that shit, even though I, I threw my own test and I was like, hey, it's not fucking necessary to get bloated on D-Ball to make some progress. But this is what guys would say. I think at that time, uh, maybe some of these dudes were, were well connected with uh, with places where people were buying their stuff from. And so you got really kind of skewed, kind of warped advice. Um, more recently, you get more people on social, more people on YouTube. And these guys are just meatheads that buy their stuff just like you and I do. They're not out to, to sell or to commission off or, or create their own sources. And so their advice, our advice, is more along the lines of health, use, don't use a lot of stuff, Don't you don't have to use high dosing. I think at the very start of this uh, online steroid internet information age, which really kicked off around 1996, 97, 98, and then really on to the 2000s. I think a lot of us uh, unknowingly were, were being influenced maybe by a lot of sources, a lot of uh, European uh, connections and sources that didn't have our eyes and ears before all of a sudden had it. And those guys were like, oh, you know, need a grammar test. A grammar test a week as the base to your cycle and and you need to kick start with an oral four weeks and then you that's when your cycle starts then you put in some trend and eq and deca and and i think we all fell we all fell for some of this you know I, I can say i was a young man fell for it too and wasted a ton of money uh probably uh beat up my health and my organs a little bit unnecessarily but things evolve we're, we're not in that stage anymore now there's guys like you and i that, you know, we, we don't care about making a, a fucking little couple hundred dollar commission, a hundred dollar commission on, on sales or bullshit like that. We're just we're just out here sharing our experience, talking about how things really work, giving real info, telling people, I tell people, go to your doctor, get TRT, go get testosterone replacement therapy. That's what I do. You know, just get testosterone replacement therapy from your doctor and don't take chances with with uh, black market stuff. You know, be careful. So the, the advice has become more conscientious and more towards helping people and really helping, uh, helping guys along than it is when, you know, when a lot of the sources were, were out on the forums, out and about, just telling people what they should take and how much they should take. I think it's 
think it's probably one of the biggest changes in the information. And plus, the, the other thing, too, is this, and this is also really important. A lot of the cycle advice that that guys were getting, there were a lot of a lot of the early guys on the forums were, were coaches that were preparing bodybuilders for shows. A lot of guys War Lobo was one of them. <laughs> Just remember all these fucking screen names. Maybe some old schoolers listening to this will remember these guys. And um, they were preparing guys for shows. So they would kind of give the same advice to the to the gym rat, to just a regular gym guy, you know, Bob going to the office. I've talked about Bob going to the office looking fucking brolic before, right? Giving the same advice they give the competitors to a regular guy. And it wasn't really until the last kind of 10 years that we all realized like, hey, wait a minute, even, even Phil going, you know, going into work every day and, and you know, he wants to look pretty brolic too, but he doesn't need a professional steroid competitor cycle. Phil can do a little bit of TRT, Maybe a SARM, maybe a little peptide uh, for that injury and just look good. He wants to look good. So then uh, cycle advice and, and how some of the cycles were constructed began to kind of evolve and change to give people who are just wanting to, to look good for the fa family barbecue and going into work every day and just want to feel strong at the gym and, and have no other goals in life uh, with bodybuilding or fitness other than just looking, looking great and, and performing good. And that's it for, you know, looking good for their wife. You know, they're not going on stage. So some more of this information for these kind of cycles and stuff started to come out, uh, out for people. And that's been kind of a, uh, you know, steroid information is, is kind of become democratized. You know, I hate to use that word so broadly, but it, it's really kind of like that now, you know, uh, back in the day, if you went to the gym, and you ask the local uh, gym guy for, for, for some advice, not only did he not maybe know a lot, but he would only advise you on the stuff he could sell you. You know, if, if in your case, you only needed a little bit of testosterone and maybe a little bit of Anavar to really, really get you below, you know, the, that 12%, that 11% body fat mark. And he didn't have any Anavar and he didn't have any, any good testosterone. And he would try to give you something else. He would just advise you based on what he had on hand. A lot of the advice, I think, in the earlier part of this thing got, got a little bit skewed by people uh, really uh, advising on their own benefit and their own pockets as opposed to helping people out the way you and I do on this podcast. But we're just, this info's out there for free. If you want to contact me about my supplements all day long, but don't ask me about sources because I don't fucking have any for you, okay? So... It, it just, it's really changed. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things that's changed is people have become more conscientious and, uh, and there's people who just give advice for just for helping others and, and not, and not some monetary, uh, again, as, as it did at the early days. All day long. Once you go back to Staten Island, where you came from. <laughs> All right, guys. So this time he piggybacks the next one. Uh, you know, there's a you know there's a dude uh, uh, around here in Long Island. He's got these stores called Natural Body, and he does a lot of lives um, on his Facebook, complaining about brands, uh, you know, doing this or that, you know, underselling, undercutting him on, on Amazon, and he and he goes uh, he goes, you know, us oh, at Natural Body. <laughs> he's it's just the funniest Long Island accent I've ever heard of, dude. He's a, what about Poughkeepsie? He's, a, he's an Italian guy. He's like, if I carry your brand a natural body and then you undercut me on Amazon, your brand is gone. I'm never ordering you again. He's just the funniest mm. motherfucker I've ever seen. Yes. He's a guy. <laughs> yeah.
you guys are so so friendly up there in long island um you know what it is you you get out you get out out here you get a lot of italians a lot of irish a lot of puerto ricans colombians i mean just kind of hot-blooded people to begin with so it's new yorkers maybe get a bad rap but it's just just some of us uh some of the groups here are just kind of hot-blooded and you know we're maybe not not the nicest all the time yeah well we'll have uh another new yorker on next week uh not your boy your boy nelson oh yes guys guys he's a nice guy he's a nice new yorker i like nelson you know but he was upset about what i said because you didn't say anything you're a smart guy you kept your mouth shut but he was really upset about my comments on the haters podcast. Uh, what number was the haters podcast, uh, Steve? Where well, we did a whole oh, rundown, a whole rundown on the haters that were making just shitty comments on our on our podcast on YouTube. And one of them was about having Nelson on, and I addressed it, and he was kind of upset that I, uh, you know, the way that I handled that. So I said, "Look, man, um, no sense in you and I arguing about it in private. That that doesn't do anything." Let's argue about it on the podcast. Make some good yeah. content. That was three three fifty five. I just looked it up. So yeah, uh, the three fifty five podcast is all about the haters, the guys uh, who are, who are real smart, these really smart dudes that won't make their own fucking videos, won't host their own podcast. They they just like to come in and comment on our shit, and on our on our content, and and you know and talk it and downplay it, and so um, and so you know I just. Uh, I, you know, I said some things about about having Nelson on. Nelson was not happy with it at all. So um, we, we got on a phone call about it. And during the, the first just the first couple of minutes of the phone call, I'm like, dude, let's just get on the podcast and, and talk about this. So Nelson's coming on uh, probably in the next two, three podcasts. He'll, he'll be here. We'll tell you guys what number when, when we schedule it with him. And now we're going to challenge him. You know, we're going to challenge him about his comments uh, on that podcast. We're going to challenge him about some of the things he said on the forums. And, you know, and, you know, he's not going to, you know, we're, we're going to challenge him because that's one thing we didn't do. We didn't challenge him. And and he felt like um, he felt like I should have challenged him on the podcast instead of talking about it later, which was uh, which was he thought it wasn't. He thought it wasn't a mistake. You know, he, he's from the day and age where like, you know, men duel, you know, we should take 10 steps and and turn around and and shoot our, shoot our, our hand muskets. And, um, he wasn't, he wasn't happy about that. So we're going to, we're going to talk about it now and we're going to, we're going to get on it. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be, be a great podcast. Steve. All right, guys. So let's piggyback on the last topic, which was kickstarting a cycle in oral. This one's going to be finishing a cycle with Winstrol and Anabar. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about this one. Uh, cause Rick talked about the kickstarting. So you know, one of the things I've noticed over the years is guys who, who do this, they kind of copy or they were given this protocol by someone copy pasting a competitor's protocol. And the reason these guys, they finish their cycles usually with these orals is because they have short half-lives. They can be flexible with them versus a longer ester. So when you go into a competition, you want to be able to, you know, switch things in, switch things out, short half-life. It's not going to you know, have an effect on you. If something's not working, you can kind of switch it out and then switch an oral in because orals are short acting. So this is why people you like to finish cycles with Winstraw Anavar. But if you're just an average Joe, what 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 are you what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to look good at week 12? Your cycle's 12 weeks and you throw in Winstraw Anavar the last four or five weeks. What are you trying to accomplish? You just want to show off in the gym? Like you want to be a little more vascular? You want to be a little more hard? You want to be a little more dry? I don't, you know, in, in that situation, okay, I get it. But 
let the competitors, let the guys who compete, you know, time their their thing, you know, time their cycles like that. We're trying to reach a peak level right at week 12. I'm going to look my best. I'm going to go on stage. I'm going to win this competition. You as an average Joe, really no point in finishing off a cycle unless you just want to do it for ego reasons, unless you want to take pictures, you know, put on your social media, whatever. In that situation, okay, I get it. But, you know, otherwise, why do it? It doesn't make, to me, to me, it doesn't make sense. So you see this trend a lot, you know, and like I said, you know, these guys, they copy paste the competitor cycles and they give it to their clients and they look like, you know, they think they're geniuses, but they don't really understand the concept behind it. But it all has to do with being flexible going into a competition. So if you're just an average gym rat, you don't got to worry about that. So, you know, I would just run. If you want to run an oral in your cycle, run an oral in your cycle. You don't have to finish with it. You can run it to start. You can run it in the middle of your cycle. You can run it to the end of the cycle, whatever you want. But finishing the cycle with, with these cutting orals, you know, it, it's really, there's really no point unless you want to specifically be peaking at that time. You have anything to add up to that one, Rick, or you want to move on? You know, uh, Steve said it right. I see a lot of uh, guys going into competition. A lot of coaches have them doing orals for eight weeks going up to the competition, 100 megs a week, uh, 100 megs a day, I should say, of, of you know, Winstrol and Anavar going eight weeks before a competition, which you and I on this podcast, we, we try to talk people out of. That's just 100 megs of orals a day is too much. Eight weeks is way too much. But when you got a guy who wants to step on stage and he's paying a coach, uh, you know, you you let them do their thing. You let them do it the way that they know how to do it. You let the guy who competes get into the best shape the way he knows how to do it. Our advice is really for you guys out there that are not looking to compete right away, that are not really looking to step on stage and do all these things. You know, we're we're talking to the guy who wants to be Tony going, you know, going to the job site every day and just wants to look fucking brolic, you know, but doesn't have all these goals. And, and also you're not living your life around this. If you're a competitor, you're living your life around fitness, around your diet, around your meal timing, around your nutrient timing, around your supplements, around your steroid use. I mean, you're really taking hours of your day uh, in making sure you get the right meals at the right time, the right, the, the right amount of rest. You're taking all your supplements. If you just want to be, you know, Tony going to the job, you don't want to lift your life around this shit. I mean, the most you'd want to do is, you know, maybe take healthy meals with you to work and maybe take your pills with you very discreetly so you can take your orals. But that's about it. You know, that's that's kind of it. That's kind of all, all the energy and time you've got to devote to this every single day. So. That's where we, we our advice gravitates towards, and and that's where our, our our advice is built for for those guys. And yeah, I mean, um, unless you're competing and you got a coach telling you to do this, uh, you probably probably not. Just finish your cycle, cycle off, and be and be done with it. My opinion, that's it. The next one we're going to talk about is powerlifter cycle recommendation. So, what's a cycle that can get you the strongest you've ever been? So for me, I got really, really strong on Deca, Tess, and Diebel. Um, but the one that I really, really, really hit my personal records on was Tren and Anavar. I did Tren like about 300 milligrams a week, and I did the Anavar like 50 milligrams a day. 
And then also trend same dosage, 300 milligrams, along with T-ball at about 30, 40 milligrams a day. And those, those two stacked together. I didn't use any testosterone with it. Just ran those two together. That, that got me the strongest I ever got. That was um, really, really strong. So trend, trend is a, trend is a beast. Trend is a beast. It's not a healthy steroid to run. It's got a lot of side effects, but in terms of strength, you will never, ever, ever, ever be able to get as strong without trend. If you want to just get strong, 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 you will never get as strong as you could without trend. Another one too, Anadrol. If you just want to take Anadrol, 50 milligrams a day, four to six weeks, you will get strong in that four to six weeks. Tremendously strong. Another one too, Rick, super droll. Really, really nasty, 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 nasty oral. Nasty. Very toxic. But man, three, four weeks of super droll at 20, 30 milligrams a day, you will be blowing, absolutely blowing your personal records. Trust me. So, you know, that's 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 what you gotta do. I mean, those are the those are the strengths steroids. Halo is another one, Halo testing. I ran it once. I didn't really like it. I didn't really get any results on it, but I may have been running some bunk Halo. So I'm going to leave Halo up to you guys to try it yourselves, maybe get a better source for it and see how you like it. But Halo is another one that guys say got them really, really strong, really, really fast. So, you know, it's, it's funny, right? The, the steroids that give you the most strength seem to be the steroids that are most toxic at the same time. Maybe you can kind of explain why that happens. Well, that's a good question. Uh, most of the steroids that give you a lot of strength are all methylated. They're all modified to survive a first pass through the liver, and that in itself makes them more toxic. The actual addition of the methyl group onto the steroid also changes the way it acts on the androgen, on the androgen receptor. It makes it a stronger steroid. Example, a uh, good couple of example is uh, Equipoise, you know, uh, um, Boldenon, right? And Dianabol, pretty much same steroid. Uh, difference is the Dianabol is a, a 17 alpha alkaline. So Dianabol is modified to make it through the liver. And so is a stronger steroid than Boldenon, which just has an ester chain that enzymes in your body removes before that base hormone can be used by androgen receptors. Another one is Masteron and like you just said, super draw. Masteron on his own, pretty darn good steroid, not very toxic, not, not all that strong. You modify it so that it can pass through the liver at a methyl group, and all of a sudden now you have super draw, which is pretty darn toxic and has some pretty incredible effects. Another one that most people don't use is um methyl trembolone. The best trembolone is good on its own, it's strong, but you put a methyl group on it. And you make you make put a methyl group in that in that steroid, and you actually modify it so that it can pass through the liver, so that it can be used orally. And you can only use maybe one to three milligrams of it a day. It's so darn toxic, and it's very strong too. I mean, just at a couple of milligrams a day, you're getting some some fucking hard effect. I mean, the thing's strong. You know, you're getting some really good effects at that level. So. Those are just, you know, three examples. So the, the stronger they are, uh, when you add the, the methyl group, they become stronger and, and more toxic. 
at the same time. They just, when they attach to that androgen receptor, they just behave differently than when it's, then they're not methylated. And that's just, that's been going on across the board. So as far as um, powerlifting, look, I think I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure that, that the drive, the mental drive you're going to get off of it. It's going to, it's really, I mean, look, if you're a powerlifter and you're at a competition just just seeing the chalk flying through the air being slapped around and and just seeing guys doing their lifts that'll get you fucking fired up that's enough to get your adrenaline and everything else just fired up do you need a steroid on top of that really you know you you're in a competition you're watching people hit some weights some bars bending on on a guy's back on their chest i mean do you really you really you really need a steroid to give you more pumped up already than just being at on the scene, uh, you know, being on the scene and listening to the crowds and listen, just being there. I doubt it. Um, for powerlifting, Anadrolin and Dianabol. Dianabol was specifically designed by Dr. by Dr. Ziegler to be a powerlifting steroid. It was it was designed by the doctor of the Olympic weightlifting team to give the Olympic weightlifting team weightlifting team an advantage over the Russians. It was designed for that purpose. So how about you use that? Dianabol should be, should be more than plenty. And also Anadrol should be more than plenty. Everything else is make sure your technique is right. Make sure that you have a good training protocol. Make sure you're, you got you have the right uh, of volume and all the all these different trainings, right, coach? And make sure you don't get held, held back, back. Make sure you don't have any major setbacks by injuries. You know, when it comes to powerlifting, I think Steve knows this well. Good technique, good training over time. Uh, you know, work your your weight and your volume and everything to make sure you're peaking for competition time. Don't fuck something up in, in training and, and get held back by an injury because. Getting injured will hold you back and take away more from your progress than, than taking a little bit of steroids. Maybe you don't take that, that much juice, but you have everything else in order. You, you can win a competition day because you're healthy. Maybe you, if you take a ton of steroids, a ton of different things, something of a uh, halo, uh, mental drive, and then you maybe you get injured, you get kind of fucked up, you know, weeks outside competition. Then when you get there, you might not win, no matter how many how much juice you're on. So, Dianabol, Anadrol, and I'm no power lifter, so I might be talking out of my ass. There might be some powerlifting guys right now listening to me, going, "Rick, you know what the fuck you're talking about?" They'll probably post on YouTube, right? But uh, D ball and, and Anadrol. Um, mental drive, well, you know, that that strength, just let that adrenaline flow through you when you're in competition. You know, when you put that chalk in your hands, I mean, it should be, it should be live. It's, you know, I compare that to when I was, uh, I was a kid wrestling. Uh, when I used to wrestle, there were some guys who put on their earphones and, and listen to DMX and they felt like that got them pumped up to wrestle. I didn't, man. I didn't need, I didn't need that stuff. You know, I of the tiger listened to that once in a while. You know, if you if you if you if you listen to the to the beginning of Eye of the Tiger to that guitar riff coming into Eye of the Tiger, and you don't get chills down your spine, then you've never competed in a combat sport ever, because you know that gets you fired up. Just a little bit of Eye of the Tiger in my earphones, boom, and I was kind of fired up. And I didn't even need all of that, just just being in the gym, hearing the bleachers, just watching people, you know, just 
beat the hell out of each other. You know, guys going out of bounds into the bleachers. I mean, that kind of shit just fired up, made me want to go in there. Just weighing in, having them write my weight class on my on my shoulder, right? Uh, just, you know, just that kind of stuff, man. Just the smell, the, the, the old sweat smell, just all of that just fired me up. Got me ready, got me ready to wrestle, got me ready to fuck somebody up. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't really need much else, not even music, but some, I don't know. I don't know. Some guys do. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass, Steve. What do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I mean, these steroids, they, they work. I mean, they work. I would never have been able to push that much weight, lift that much weight without these uh, particular steroids. But yeah, uh, technique obviously is very, very important. So don't just hop on steroids. If you can bench 250 pounds, you're not ready for steroids. If you can only squat 300 pounds, you're not ready for steroids. I mean, get in a, get in a strong base, hit a peak, really, really try to push yourself through that peak. And if you stuck, then you can hop on the juice, take things to the next level. So definitely um, you don't want to be uh, using steroids when you're not really strong and then get strong very, very rapidly because you didn't have a base. And then that's how you get injured. So that's, that's one of the things you got to watch out for, for sure. And don't, you know, don't overabuse these steroids. Don't overabuse these steroids. You'll never injured. I, I abused a trend pretty good for about two, two and a half years. Um, I ran several trend cycles in a very short time span. And I, I blame it for uh, tearing my rotator cuff because I got so fucking strong, so fucking fast. And I just didn't want to accept that I'd have to take a step back because that's what happens when you run trend, you get very, very strong on it. And when you come off, you lose your strength a lot. A lot of your strength goes away because you gain so much. All right, guys. So the last one is going to be, we're going to talk about weight gainers. We haven't talked about weight gainers left, but um, we pull up one of the ingredients on these weight gainers. It's very, very misleading. Labels are very misleading. This is why I hate when people count macros, because if you look at a typical weight gainer, it doesn't have much sugar in it, maybe seven, 10 grams of sugar per serving. And you're like, well, that's not that much sugar, you know, but they don't tell you that a lot of the in ingredients that are in it are hidden sugars that don't show up on those macros. They get away with it. They can get, they can get away with it. And they do. I'll give you an example. I'm looking at a weight gainer right now. This is one of the more popular weight gainers that are sold at a major, major retailer. And first, other ingredients that it has, maltodextrin, maltodextrin. It's also got polydextrose. It's got D-ribose. It's got sucralose. It's got silicon dioxide. It's got soy lecithin. These are fillers. These are processed things made in labs. And these are sugars, okay? Artificial sugars and they're processed sugars, refined sugars that they are able to keep away from the label. So you think that you're not getting, you know, a lot of sugar, but you are. I'll give you an example. This particular weight gainer has 700 calories per serving. And out of that 700 calories, 30 of those are from fat. 30 out of 700. So you've got 670 of the calories. That's like 95% over 90%, that is not from fat. So what do you think they're replacing the fat with when you see something like that? 
They're replacing with sugars. So this is so bad for you. You're going to gain weight on it, but it's not going to be good weight. You're going to gain a lot, a lot of fat on it. So even if you're someone who's gone through something where you lost a lot of weight, maybe you had an accident, maybe you had surgery or something, you lost a lot of weight. Don't take these weight gainers in that situation because you're just going to put on fat. Um, you know, these, these weight gainers are really, really, really bad for you. And, um, you know, this is not the way to gain weight. This is not the way to gain weight. We gain, we gain weight properly by eating good, wholesome, nutritious food. We gain weight by exercising, lifting weights, resistance training, which breaks down the muscle so it has to grow back bigger. That's how we gain weight, by getting good quality sleep. That's how we gain weight. We don't gain weight by throwing trash at our body. You might as well just go to Walmart, go to the ice cream section, open up the freezer, and pick out the cheapest 99 cent tub of ice cream that they have there. That would be just as nutritious as, as consuming this crap. So it's really, really bad. It's despicable that these companies are allowed to lie and mislead lead people um, by doing this. The, these ingredients, Rick, are just disgusting. Uh, and then they throw in natural and artificial flavors, which is laughable because who the hell knows what that even means. So I'm bringing Rick, uh, you're a supplement uh, salesman. Uh, tell us what you think about this type of thing. Yeah, there's a, a big problem in the industry. Uh, guys used to just lie on the labels and then FDA got very, very good at testing and and put, checking out your products and making sure you're really putting in there what you say. They got very efficient at it and guys started to get letters and get slammed down. And then over the last 10 years, they've just gotten better at skirting around the laws. And this is mainly the protein guys, because protein is such a huge market. It, they move fast. Everybody needs protein that it's so uh, it's so easy to kind of fool people. And, and, and now they're doing it legally. Uh, like, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, they can add they can have a, a whey protein and add some collagen in there just to just to boost up the protein content. So if the protein is, is you know, whey, whey protein is very expensive. It's a nice, good, complete protein that'll build muscle. Collagen is not a complete protein. It's not going to build a, a lot of muscle. A matter of fact, your body's pretty darn good at making its own collagen. So you probably don't want a collagen when you're trying to get whey protein. But they can get away with slipping you some whey protein and throwing some collagen in there. And it'll just boost the total protein count of that protein drink it'll just boost the amount of protein in there and they could do it legally they just spike it with collagen which is a cheap protein also there's a big major brand that got caught using some coffee creamer uh in their protein and these are just cheap ways of boosting and being able to put up more uh, protein content on their labels and selling their product at a, at a pretty high premium and outdoing the competition. But at the end of the day, you're not really getting what you paid for. You're not getting what you're looking to really get. I remember a little while back, uh, I was uh, thinking about putting out a beef protein product. And uh, when I started to, to quote out and, and get some uh, material and stuff from some of these places, the samples I would get, they just smelt too much of collagen. I mean, I know what collagen smells like. You know, as a uh, in South America, as a kid, they made this treat, like this sweet treat out of collagen, cow, you know, cattle collagen, collagen from from beef, from from cows. 
and I can, I can, I know the aftertaste, I know the smell. And when I would ask the, uh, these companies that were providing these raw materials for the breakdown on what, what kind of proteins were in here, then the collagen proteins were more abundant in the actual mix of, of amino acids than the other ones, the ones I, I really wanted. So even a lot of the beef protein out there, it's not really like good beef protein. It's like the, the, the stuff they scrape off the bones and then they put it in into the supplements high in protein and stuff. But a good chunk of it is collagen. And look, there's nothing wrong with collagen. Collagen is pretty decent, but collagen is cheap. You should be able to get collagen uh, pretty uh, not not very expensive. It's cheaper than whey protein. I'll tell you that there is a, a, a big gap there between the label saying there's this many grams of protein and the protein actually being good quality protein. And that's just, um, that's just something that happens in kind of scumbag room. I ended up not doing the, the beef protein product. I, I don't make any proteins through my brand. I only do herbals, vitamins, uh, minerals, extracts. I don't, I ended up not doing protein. Uh, it's just, um, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's just a hard market. You got to have a ton of money, which I don't, um, I'm not even a mom and pop shop. I'm just a pop shop myself. So I don't have a ton, a ton of a, a warehousing space, a climate control, a lot of, I mean, just a, a bunch of different factors to really do a good job in the protein market. And I just don't have the market for it. My guys like my post-cycle therapy products. My guys like my liver support products and they all, and, and look, and I'm, if I'm competing with my honest to goodness brand, giving people what they're really paid for, and I'm competing against some of these larger outfits that are spiking their protein and, they're able to offer their stuff at a lower price and the, the macros on the label might look better because they're spiking it. Then it, it makes it hard for me. So no weight gainers. Don't buy them. If you're gonna, my whole spiel on weight gainers is this. Don't, don't, don't do weight gainers. There's no reason to just spend your money on good quality protein. And if you need the extra calories, do what Steve said, just grab some ice cream off the, off the shelf and do that. You know, you can just, when you make your protein shake, don't just uh, shake it in the, in, the, in the shaker by itself. Throw a, a scoop of ice cream in there. Throw a, a tablespoon or two of, a, of some peanut butter and maybe some almond butter. Just throw that, throw, throw that stuff in there. Shake, shake, shake. And now you have a weight gainer. You know what I'm saying, guys? Like, there's no reason to, to do any of that. There's no reason to buy a weight gainer. Get, buy some coconut powder, some, some, buy some, uh, some coconut flour, almond flour. Buy uh, uh, just uh, any of those. Again, your protein shake, throw your good quality, high quality, expensive whey protein in there. Scoop of ice cream, scoop of peanut butter, spoon spoon of, of almond butter, of almond flour, spoonful of coconut flour, shake, shake, shake. And you have uh, uh, something that's full of calories and you'll, you'll gain weight off of that. You'll gain some weight off of that. No reason to buy you know, muscle gainer, 5,000, you know, 1,000 calories per serving. It's cheap calories, guys. Just th those carbohydrate calories are, are pretty cheap to come by. Just throw them in there yourself. You know, get the good protein, the good high quality whey protein, the, the most expensive, most highest quality you can get, protein whey isolate. And then spice it up with a, with a spoonful of two or, of peanut butter and ice cream and shake, shake, shake. Uh, blend, blend, blend. And I'm telling you, you have a nice, nice weight gainer 
that you can take day after day and see some really make some really good gains on. And you didn't, you know, you didn't spend your money on, on, you know, super fatty weight gain or 55,000 and some of this, some of these the stuff out there. That's probably my opinion, not, not really worth the money. So you remind me your story from South America, remind me of a who wants to be a millionaire question. It was a million dollar question. Jimmy Kimmel, you watch that show? Who wants to be a millionaire? I don't, I don't watch television, but okay, so I, I'm, I'm familiar with the show. Anderson Cooper was on the show. He went all the way to, he went all the way to a million dollars. This was a million dollar question. I actually knew it. So I want to see if you know it. The question was when scientists tested it with an electroencephalogram, which of these food items produced reading similar to a human brain? So because your South American story that you said, and because of working on forms, I actually knew this one. The, the answers were wintergreen lifesaver, spam, lime jello, or jet puff marshmallow. Which of those foods are similar to I would brand? say lime jello. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's what I said too. And that was the answer because of the collagen. You mentioned the collagen. Yeah, and jello. Oh, jello has yeah. collagen in it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I knew that answer. And now you're now from South America, that sweet treat you're talking about. I bet you it was similar to jello, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's similar there to jello. Yeah. And it's brown sugar and, um, and, and collagen right from like the cows, from like the cow's feet. And uh, they wrap it up and they put powdered sugar outside of it. And kids love that stuff. Yeah. And it's uh, so a kid loved it. <laughs> so, I mean, listening to this podcast, you would have won a million dollars if you were on the show for that one. Because he didn't know it. No one knew it. He called a phone friend. They didn't know it. I fucking knew that shit. You know, that you shit. know I make I make protein jello uh, because most of the jello is collagen. So that's a type of protein anyway. And then you you add uh, isolate, whey isolate on there onto jello. Um I mean, this is a special way of doing it. And man, I make this this big tray of protein jello. The whole tray is about 120 grams of protein. And I mean, it's it's great. You just, you know, protein jello, you know, you know, you got to heat up the you got to heat up the, the powder in, in water. Right. And then you add the cold, you add cold water on it. Right. But what you do is you heat up the powder in the, in the water and then the cold water, you actually dilute um, about two, three, four scoops even I've done of of whey protein isolating there just just really cold water just shake it up and make sure you get that protein really dissolved in your cold water and then when the jello is um you know it's, it's the warm mix of the jello you just you cool it down and, and the water the cool the water you're cooling it down with has your your whey isolate in there mix it up let it rest and you get like this really nice tasty milky uh, protein uh, jello treat that basically uh you know if you if you each portion of it that I eat, it's like eating a, a scoop of protein with Jello. It, it, it boosts the the amount of um, it boosts the amount of protein in there. I mean, it's, it's nice, bro. It's, it's a nice little treat. All right, guys. So this is the little tidbits you get on this on this podcast that you don't get in any other podcast. So this was episode three sixty one, guys. One more Q and A's. Keep the questions coming for Steve, Smee, and Rick. We will have another episode coming next week. Take care, guys. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.